We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my exquisite friends. I am so honored to be spending part of our day together here on Empower Radio. Yes, relationships can hurt and love can be confusing. I think so many of us erect walls around our hearts to protect us from pain. However, what I found is those walls don't really lock the hurt out, but rather lock the pain in. It seems to me if we want to experience a more authentic, love-based, and joy-filled life, we must live from an open heart. I know for years, because of the hurts that I endured, I was living a fear-based, ego-based, and intellectual existence. And as often happens for many people, excruciating circumstances of life broke the dam of the pain around my heart and finally broke me open. And today I can say I'm eternally grateful for that pain. Living with a wide open heart can be scary and in fact be one of the most daunting adventures we can say yes to. But I believe it's ultimately why we're here. And I also believe it's how we attract grace, support, and miracles. Here with us today is a gentle support and brilliant guiding light on the journey to living with an open heart and soulful life. He's a person many have referred to as one of the finest spiritual guides of our time, a consummate storyteller, and an eloquent spiritual teacher. He explores what it means to become our truest self through the ongoing and timeless journey of awakening to the dynamic of wholeness of life, which is sometimes messy, painful, and unpredictable. He continues by saying, to bring out who we are and let the world in is a brave and endless practice that clarifies and solidifies the gifts we are born with. There is no arrival point or destination, only the chance to be more alive as we move closer to the mystery. We are incredibly fortunate to be here today with Mark Nepo, an acclaimed internationally acclaimed poet and philosopher who has taught in the fields of poetry, health, and spirituality for 40 years. Mark was recently part of Oprah Winfrey's The Life You Want Tour and has appeared several times with her on her Super Soul Sunday program on OWN TV. Mark is a New York Times number one best-selling author, has published 16 books, and recorded 11 audio projects, with his work being translated into more than 20 languages. Additionally, Mark keynotes regularly for conferences and corporations, works with healing and medical communities, including chaplains and therapists. He speaks and offers workshops for colleges and universities and leads spiritual retreats. In 1987, Mark was diagnosed with a rare form of lymphoma. The heart of that journey and its aftermath has greatly informed his work. Ever since, he's been a student of all paths, and his work has explored the common center and unity of all spiritual traditions, focusing on how we can experience that unity when we can lead and lean into life, holding nothing back. Ultimately, Mark explores how we can live wholeheartedly and inhabit the gifts we are born with and find the language of our own wisdom. So, Mark Nepo, I'm so happy and blessed and honored to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you again. Yes, I've been immersed in your teachings for a long time, and especially this last week. I listened to your audio series, Reduced to Joy, seven hours 
of your wisdom and then finished reading your book, The Endless Practice, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. So I feel kind of blissed out, I have to say. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. So I want to start by talking about The Endless Practice, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. Love this title. Can you tell me a little bit about what it means to you? Well, you know, I I think, and you alluded to it, in your very kind introduction that, you know, our, our, our real kind of uh, challenge and call in life is to be as alive as possible. And, you know, for all the gifts of learning and wisdom and the gifts of our mind, they're not meant for us to uh, escape living. <laughs> it's meant for us to help us live and lean into life more fully and completely. So I, I think that this process is, you know, we're wonderfully endless. There is no end. And, you know, we're so product-oriented and so imprinted by achievement that when we first hear the word endless, we think, oh, oh, it's never going to end. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's so burdensome. But, you know, the things that matter most, uh, we, you know, we, we're very glad that breathing is endless. <laughs> we're very glad that love is endless. We're very glad that, that the wonder and mystery and the, the unbelievable diversity of nature is endless. And so the things that really sustain us, we're, we're asked, you know, a fish just Swims endlessly. They're not really going anywhere. They don't really have any, you know, they don't have a five year plan. <laughs> they don't have an agenda or a place to go. But it's that engagement in the river of life that keeps us alive. And so I think, you know, humbly, as, as you mentioned in your own introduction, that. Um, as we make it through the, the friction of living, which for us sometimes includes suffering, then we're warned to only what's essential. And, and that practice of being worn to the gem that each of us is, is an endless one. And, and by uh, withstanding the forces of life and the forces of relationship, that wear away what's extraneous, we slowly become who we were born to be. And, you know, I by no means am, because it's endless. I'm not finished with my journey. I keep growing and learning. And, and I think that humbly, no matter, uh, no matter how much we know, it doesn't keep us from the actual journey of living, thankfully. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you write about this in your book, because as a young man, you were very ambitious. And uh, it wasn't until you experienced, I believe, your cancer scare that things really shifted for you in a significant way. And isn't it ironic, as you've surrendered your ambition, you have become more successful and a greater light worker in the world. I think that is so ironic. It's so interesting. Well, and it's, it's, it's yes, and and totally, you know, I'm the first to say that 
you know, the wonderful things that have been happening with my work um, are beyond my control. You know, we, we, each of us, you know, we just, we're asked to stay true to our calling and what brings us alive. And, um, and then we, we have to just trust the universe that we will become who we were born to be, which may or may not mean being well-known or, or outwardly successful. But what's most important is the closeness to aliveness mm-hmm. that we can return to. Yeah, I, I read somewhere it's the ego that wants us to do big things. And then what I really gathered from a lot of the, the work that you share is that that's not what matters most. It's that 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 feeling of vibrant aliveness. That's what the soul wants for us. Well, yeah, I think I, I think I'm coming to understand. You know, I'm 64, and um, I, I think I'm coming to understand that dreaming and having goals and ambition—they're all wonderful things. But but I feel like we're we all hold them too tightly. You know, mm-hmm. I believe now that dreams are the the kindling. For the, to awaken our gifts and to, to engage the heart to experience its aliveness. So, you know, we, we often um, uh, we dream something and we need to have things to work toward. But then we make them as if, oh, that's the end aim. That's the goal. If I don't achieve what I dream, dreamt of, then I'm a failure. Then life is tragic and it's terrible. When, you know, I look at my own life and the truth is that all the things I've worked toward have been burned up in the fire of what was meant to happen. You know, not one of the books that I started is the book that I wrote. And I had an imagination for each one, but as I engaged it, it's as if the real book was waiting to see if I was committed and serious enough and then said, okay, now we'll show ourselves. <laughs> now we'll show ourselves. So, you know, wow. I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick uh, story, which is actually from my book of stories as far as the heart can see, but very short story that kind of talks about, about this, the, the proper role of dreaming and working. It's not that we shouldn't work toward things, but I think that we're asked to be open to, the, to where they really lead us that we can't see until we get there. So this is a story about a cyclist, someone who's trained, you know, I think the Tour de France is beginning now or is soon beginning, but it's like a, you know, a huge bicycle race and he is trained so, you know, diligently um, and he has all the right equipment and he's shaved all the hair on his body to reduce resistance and the day of the race, you know, after months of training, after, you know, the first 30 minutes or so, he's actually way ahead. I mean, he's so far ahead briefly that he can't, he comes down the slope of a hill and for a little while, he can't even see the rest of the cycle. And just as he comes to the bottom of this hill, gliding, a heron with its wings completely outstretched, swoops over his handlebar, and it stuns him. I mean, he's just 
stop. He actually stops and straddles his bike. And the heron seemed to open something he'd been chasing. And now he moved years later. And he's standing older on the back porch where he lives, looking out into a field. And, you know, once in a while, once in a while, if asked, someone will ask him, well, what, what cost you the race? And once in a while, he'll say, he might answer and he'll say, I didn't lose the race. Um, I didn't lose the race. I left it. Mm. I didn't lose the race. I left it. And, you know, that story, which, again, like all my writing, it comes to me and then I have to work with it to understand it. It's not like, oh, I'm going to, oh, let's write this neat story that will have this lesson. No, I retrieve these things and then I learn from them. And what I've learned from this story, you know, someone might say, well, that's all very poetic and nice, but he did lose the race. And uh, so there. And, <laughs> but I hold it differently. I think he trained to meet the heron, which changed his life. But if you told him he was training to meet a heron, he wouldn't have trained. And so like that, you know, we train to run races and we hold dreams of what we're going to accomplish, never knowing when the heron's going to appear, when that mystical moment will open and change how we understand life itself. To me, that's glimpsing spirit as yes, we move into the mystery. Absolutely. That was a gift beyond, I think, um, a trophy or a ribbon. Yeah, so so the question, you know, for us and for those who are are with us, you know, today and listening is, so what race are you working, training for? Mm. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, maybe you'll actually win the race. That's fine, too. But to really invite ourselves to be open well, what's the real gift of spirit along the way that we can't see because we're not yet there? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a, a poem you shared about the dolphins. It's like we don't know when, like, the dolphin emerges through the top of the, the ocean when we are going to glimpse so, spirit and to be available for those moments when they present because they are such incredible gifts. Yes, and just as a dolphin, you know, just as, a, you know, we, we look at a dolphin and we, you know, we understand dolphins. We think of a dolphin and we think of them breaking surface because that's when we see them. Mm-hmm. But where do they spend most of their time? Mm-hmm. In the deep. Yes. And so they live in the deep for these moments of breaking surface. And that's also a wonderful way to understand any, in any act of expression whether it's poetry, whether it's dance, whether it's any art form, is, you know, we spend most of our time quietly in the deep for that moment that we break surface with expression. And so, you know, we're not just a writer the moment we write or a dancer the moment we dance. That dolphin is always a dolphin, whether it's breaking surface or swimming underwater. And we are in our own 
our own uniqueness with our gift, we are each an artist. Uh, you know, not just when we break surface to create something or to say something or to build something, but all the time as we're gathering ourselves, as we're swimming quietly through life, trying to take in what matters. Mm-hmm. You have a beautiful quote. If we can give our all without giving ourselves away, the heart within our heart will flower and the whole world will eat of its nectar. To me, that means just living with that open heart, ready to experience the connection and the wonder with, with spirit. And that could be through an animal or another human being, you know, going into this mystery. Well, and the challenge, the challenge, I, I think, for the me as I've been learning, continue to learn is, is that, you know, it's a really simple, but very hard uh, journey for each of us to be who we are. And to me, that means assuming our full stature. You know, we, we struggle a lot with inflating ourselves or deflating ourselves, either Mm -hmm. trying to puff up and be more than we are, or punishing ourselves and being you know, less than we are. And we're really asked to be just who we are. You know, I remember in my 40s, and I've had different kind of exercises I've done through the years, but during my 40s, I jogged a lot. And, you know, I remember jogging one day when this came to me, and it had just rained. It was after it had rained, and I was, you know, really kind of winded, and I had my hands on my knees over a puddle, And I caught my own reflection in this puddle, except I think for the first time I saw this grown man, you know, and I think for many years I was this little boy walking around in a man's body. And all of a sudden for a moment, I saw myself as I am. And I said, oh, I'm actually bigger than I thought I was. (laughs) And, and, you know, that was a, a real moment that helped me from that point forward say, you know, I need to be the actual size I am. When I inhale, I need to assume my full stature. And there's a wonderful story in the endless practice that I I love that I refer to, which comes from this friendship of these two Chinese masters from the 800s. It's in the chapter, just this person. And, um, you know, there was an older master, Yun Yan, and he had a student who was a generation younger who, who not only became a good friend, but became a teacher in his own right. So when both were teachers and Yun Yan was older, an old man, they were walking. We know this from the younger, Tung Shan, from his journals, his diaries, his letters. And uh, he says that one day they were walking quietly as they were wont to do along a stream. And out of the silence, the younger said to the older, what do you want me to say about you when you're gone? And the older teacher looked and was, you know, touched that the student, her friend, her teacher would ask this of him. And he walked for a while quietly further, and then he turned and he said to his younger, his younger self, if you will, he said, say just this person. And he saw that Sung Shan was a bit puzzled. 
and he didn't say anything purposely further. And they walked a little while longer, and then the older young man said, you are carrying a very great matter. You must be very careful. And they never spoke of it again. And and years went on, and when the older died, the younger, Tung Shan, in his grief, he was standing by a river, a stream, and and he saw his own reflection, and he saw the face of his master now gone, and he saw for a moment in his grief the face of everyone who ever lived. And then Tung Shan wrote these lines. He said, if you, if you want to know the truth, you must never go very far from your true self. So that's an amazing story. And I think that when Tung Shan wrote those lines finally, I don't think he's saying, oh, it's only my opinion that matters. I think he's saying that what, and why I put it in the book, because the endless practice of being who we are, of assuming our full stature, of being just who we are, get, brings us to the most clear closeness to life. When we are most who we are, we are closest to the truth. It's like our lens, if our glasses, it's like our lens, it's very clear. But let's look for a moment at, at Yun Yan. And when he says, when he says, what do you, when he's asked, what do you want, you know, me to say about you when you're gone? And he says, say, just this person. Well, that's kind of a spiritual riddle. And no one knows, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know what Yun Yan meant, but why I tell this story and what it touches in me is for me, what it means, what I think he meant. I think he was saying this thing about, you know, he didn't say, say I was a great teacher. And he didn't say, oh, I'm just, you know, anybody. I'm just a person. You know, don't worry about me. So he said, no. He goes, don't, don't inflate me and don't deflate me. Each of us is meant to be just who we were born to be. So say that I was just this particular teacher at this particular time. That's more than enough. Mm-hmm. And with, as you know, mentioned you know, it's our ego that, that in, in insecurity often that wants to puff up big mm-hmm. and wants to be, uh, you know, seen and heard and be bigger than we are. It's really more than enough to be just who we are. Yes. Yeah, I've heard it said, the ego wants us to, we feel better than others, we feel less than others, we feel better than others, we feel less than others. But if we can get to this place you're speaking of, it's such a relief. We can just relax and show up with an open heart. And I love the saying, the greatest gift we can offer the world is to be authentically ourselves. And I feel like your work ushers people into that space. It's not an intellectual concept. It's an experiential um, reality. Just be who we are. That's the greatest gift we can offer. And I love how you are such a living example of that. And it does give permission for others to simply relax in your presence and be who they really are. And isn't that our greatest gift? Well, yes. And, 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 you know, it's, it's like the image for me comes, it's like, like each of us, when we, in our heart, we're like a little sun. And you know how the sun shines. I don't know if it's shining where you are today, but it it was raining earlier. Now it's shining. 
But the sun shines, and what happens? Two things happen. The first thing is, when the sun is completely itself, which thankfully it is, <laughs> uh, it emanates light and warmth in all directions without preference. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say, I think I'm going to shine on the roses today. <laughs> it, it shines everywhere without preference. And what happens then is if things are in the sun, they grow to it. Everything yes. grows toward light. So now let's imagine that inside each of us, when we, you know, the spirit that is each of us is a little sun. It, like the sun, it is emanating love and warmth in all directions, all the time, without preference. And like the sun and the earth, there are sometimes there's clouds and there's storms and there's rain. The sun doesn't stop shining, but it's blocked and it's not received. Well, it's not, it's what's sent out isn't received. And so there are psychological, there's psychological weather, there's mental weather, there's emotional weather that comes and goes. But when we, this is why this endless practice of being who we were born to be, is when we can survive and endure all the weather that comes and goes. Then we love in all directions without preference, and we grow to each other. So beautiful. So, Mark, we just have a couple seconds left. Where can people grab a copy of this book or any of your books or find out more about you? Oh, yeah. You know, anywhere, any store, Amazon, online, my website, markmepo.com, which, and and threeintentions.com, all spelled out one word. Both of those places have all of my books and tapes and, and also where I'm teaching and speaking. Well, thank you for shining so brightly and gently and sweetly in the world. And to my guests, I know this inspired you to claim your light and authentic power in the world as well. Be in touch with me, TammyBPhD.com, if you have any questions or want to connect. This is all about connection and relationships. So God bless you. Take care of yourself. Shine brightly. Onward and upward. Bye for now.